1: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi everyone. So Mara, today we're talking to YNR's Peter Bergman, who I actually did not meet for a long time after I joined the magazine. Um, So I was a big All My Children fan. As we know, I famously stopped watching when Jenny Gardner was killed off, but I was very into Cliff and Nina. And Peter always felt like a larger-than-life person to me. So it had to be about, like, 15 or so years ago now when I was invited to join him and Michelle Stafford, who was playing Phyllis at the time, for lunch with the show's publicists at the Four Seasons Hotel in L.A. And I really didn't know what to expect. So for starters, I was seated next to Peter... And I mean, he was just so thoroughly charming. He had the best stories and was like everything you would want in someone you held in high esteem and really so much more. And what's amazing about Peter is that he went from one hugely successful soap role and was tapped as a recast for a very popular Terry Lester on YNR,
0: and yet completely has made Jack Abbott his own. Absolutely. Well, I I have to say that I have only met Peter once, but uh, it was at the reception for the Daytime Emmy nominees this past spring at the Hollywood Museum, and I went over and introduced myself. And within... 45 seconds we were lovingly making fun of Billy Miller and I was like totally at ease totally charmed by him and uh you know so enjoyed like seeing like what a cool guy he is but I do think that Peter is part of a pretty exclusive club of actors in this genre who not only have gone from huge success in one role to huge success in another, but who have done so playing completely disparate characters and, in a sense, reinventing themselves to the soap audience. I think as much as show execs would, you know, love it if the popularity an actor had on one show guaranteed that the same actor would be a hit on another, it just doesn't always work that way.
1: Oh, for sure. Take Stephen Nichols and Mary Beth Evans, who couldn't be more adored as Days' Stephen Kayla, you know, the anti hero and heroine of Days. And then on GH, they were both cast against that type as Stefan and Catherine, and the pairing just wasn't as successful. Jeannie Francis is another one we could point to. I mean, obviously, she is so amazing as Laura and so identified as that character that All My Children's Sierra, Days' Diana, and YNR's Genevieve ultimately couldn't hold a candle to the original. Mm-hmm. You know, we also saw it. Back in the day with Another World's George Reinhold and Jackie Courtney, who went on to One Life to Live and didn't quite make the same splash. I mean, ditto Beth Ellers and Ricky Paul Golden, who were such a hit as Guiding Lights, Gus and Harley, but didn't capture that same spark as All My Children's Jake and Taylor. And we are talking about beloved popular, majorly talented stars, but it just wasn't the same when
0: they went to another show. You know, I think of someone like Judy Evans, who, of course, was amazing on Guiding Light as Beth, this fragile heroine with a tragic home life. Um, won an Emmy for that role. And that was really kind of the same blueprint for Days of Our Lives as Adrienne when she came to Days of Our Lives in 1987. Um, And she was an insta-hit there as well. Mm -hmm. But in between her stints as Adrienne, she went to another world uh, to play this saucy vixen character of Paulina, hugely popular again. So, you know, it can be done. And I don't know what the magic ingredient is that makes it possible. But, you know, you think about someone like Nancy Lee Gron, who became so popular as uh, a neurotic lawyer on Santa Barbara and is still <laughs> enormously popular playing a neurotic lawyer, but now it's uh, on General Hospital as Alexis. <laughs> and Peter's on-screen sister, Eileen Davidson, might kind of join him in this club that we're talking about because her iconic roles, of course, are YNR's Ashley and Daisy's uh, Kristen. Uh, for which she's won an Emmy for each. Absolutely. But those characters are, you know, diametrically opposed to one another. You know, and then you have a list of actors who
1: started on one show and didn't necessarily make a huge splash, but were hired somewhere else and became really big stars.
0: Yeah, you know, who's popping into my head is Rebecca Buttig. Um, she was, like, fine as Michelle on Guiding Light. It wasn't a big role at the time, but then she went to All My Children and made a huge impact there very quickly as Greenlee. I
1: mean, to the point where there was an entire ad campaign based around her eventual return, which they
0: touted as the real Greenlee. Um, I mean, she was definitely beloved by Pine Valley fans. Yeah, and probably an even better example is uh, Peter Reckel. Oh, absolutely. He was on As the World Turns for like two years in a role that is really only remembered, if it is, because Peter <laughs> Reckl played it, um, Eric Hollister, uh, before taking, like, the daytime world by absolute storm when he was cast just a few short years later as Days Beau. Mm-hmm. Even David Canary, who, you know, he was a recast Steve Frame on Another World. Which that, seems so weird to me now to even think about him on that show. Yeah, it's weird to think about him as playing anyone but Adam and Stewart. It's also odd to think that he was, like, chosen to succeed George Reinhold, because right. physically they're so different from one another. Um so, you know, he was on Another World, and then once again, he was fine. Uh, but then he goes to All My Children and becomes a legend playing the dual roles of Adam and Stuart.
1: You know, it's really like catching lightning in a bottle because it isn't always a success. You know, but in the case of Peter Bergman, there is no arguing that he is not only one of the most successful recasts in daytime history, but has managed to play two unbelievably popular roles mm-hmm. that made indelible marks on their respective canvases. So let's get him on the phone and see what he has to say about his fabulous daytime career. Hi, Peter.
2: Hi, Steph. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm very good.
1: Well, we are so happy you could join us today. Um, First of all, we have to start by saying how amazing your storyline and scenes have been. I mean, of course, always, but especially recently.
2: Oh, thanks. It's it's the hardest job I've had here yet saying goodbye to... To Ashley, I, I just oh, heartbreaking for me. Heartbreaking for me personally.
1: I'm sure. Well, what a send-off.
2: Yeah, it was a nice send-off. And I I, I love that they gave her a real uh, the, the, the diving board to to make a, a clean exit on. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a loss for the show and it's a giant loss for me. A giant loss.
1: I can only imagine. I mean, especially just in a way, you know, because it's been played so much. Lately, especially with over the past year, with just so much Abbott drama, it's just the idea of it being incomplete in a sense. Now, you know.
2: Yeah, I agree with it. I agree with that. It's, it's, you know, um, we still have the Dina thing to deal with. We still are rebuilding Chabot. We still, all of these things happen without Ashley. It's hard to imagine.
1: Yes, yes. and you two have worked together for so many years. I mean, the bond between you felt so real.
2: And you know, you 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 watch daytime television. You know how this all works. You know, uh, a couple breaks up, um, and then you wait a while to see where each of these actors is going to go next and everything. I never worried about that. When when a when a marriage broke up, I still had to deal with Ashley at home.
0: Right, You know, good point.
2: I, I had I it was like my other wife. <laughs> you know that I, that I had to deal with, and uh, and yeah, losing that is very painful.
0: Although I have to say it's been wonderful and maybe even cushioning the blow a little bit to have Beth Maitland so prominent in the story. Oh,
2: I agree. I agree. And and uh, and I am – whenever I am around people who could do anything about it, I am forever saying she is the beating heart of the Abbott family. You can have uh, 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 Jack and Abby and, uh, and Kyle in the same room. You add Tracy and you have the Abbott family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah. feels that way for the viewers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, what is it? Yeah. What does it mean to you to have seen such an Abbott reboot? In a sense, you know, over the last year or so.
2: Well, you know, the, every reboot I have, I have kind of fought. You know, um, uh, John Abbott dying, I thought was unnecessary and terrible. And what it opened up for me was the chance to play the, you know, de facto patriarch of a family. And with that came all kinds of, you know, amazing things to get to play. And maybe this will be the same kind of thing. You know, I, I fought it every step of the way, but, but without Ashley there, something else is possible.
1: Right. But there's also just been so much great story with the family, you know, between Dina and yeah. now all, like, it's one revelation after another.
2: Yeah. Very grateful for that. Very grateful for that. They have, they really have focused on the Abbott family for a very long time. And, uh, and I feel a little... Uh, a little hoggish to want anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually, Mar and I talked last week about how great those flashback scenes were.
2: Oh, that's so cool. I, I'm delighted to hear you say that. So, so when Mal, our executive producer, head writer, uh, first suggested he was going to do that... I, you know, kind of smiled and said, "Oh, yeah, how about that?" You know, thought, <laughs> Re- really, is the audience gonna? And and when I finally saw them, I realized I was I was wrong. That that there was something really touching about that. Some of the casting was great. I was particularly impressed with uh, with the little girl who played Ashley, mm-hmm. who who had to cover a lot of ground there, establishing the the history of this brother sister uh, conflict. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she was very good. The kid that played me, I, I thought was lovely. But she she particularly, uh, uh, and, and of course the little girl that played Tracy is just you know just glows with love and happy. And of course she grew up to be the same Tracy. Oh good, I'm glad. I'm glad you like that.
1: Yeah, it was so cool what the set designers did and the lighting directors. We said, it yeah, was just, that was
2: pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Also, I also loved the garage scene with the old car.
0: Oh, and, and, totally. And, and,
2: and, and <laughs> yeah, it was great.
0: So we thought it would be fun to go back to where it all began for you on daytime, of course, as Uh Dr. Cliff Warner on All My Children. And even before that, like, who was the Peter Bergman that auditioned for All My Children? What were you doing at the time and how much, if at all, were soaps on your radar?
2: So uh, Peter was a a snobbish (laughs) stage actor who didn't really know anything about daytime television. And uh, my agent called about this All My Children role, and I said, I don't know. Do I want to audition for her? She said, Peter, it's work. You know, you're in town. I'd been doing theater out of town and coming back, and and uh, I'd saved enough money to to uh, on, on the road to you know pay for my my rent in New York and have a little left over. And that little left over would come to an end, and I'd be waiting tables again. And then I'd get another theater thing, and I'd leave. So anyway, I worked at a lot of restaurants in New York, and you know I had lots of different interests. I, uh, I, uh, I was learning to play the piano. I started when I was 21, and I, I still play. And um, yeah, there were there were uh, uh, lots of things to keep me. Uh, I loved New York. I loved life in New York. And the actual audition for all my children was uh, almost didn't happen. I had three auditions that day. One was for a new Tennessee Williams play called *Your Carré. They were doing it up on uh, at the York Theater on the Upper East Side. And the day before, I had gone in to uh, – they wouldn't let the script out of the, the theater. So I sat there and read a whole play backstage wow. and gave it back to them. And my audition was the next day. But the same day, I had a, a commercial audition in the morning. And then I brought a change of clothes and changed clothes, I don't even remember where, and uh, (laughs) and got to the York Theater and worked on the scene and went out there. Jose Quintero, who directed pretty much all the famous, you know, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, uh, 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 Streetcar Named Desire, uh, all those on Broadway, was directing this thing. So I was auditioning for Jose Quintero. I was thrilled with that.
0: And I went out in my...
2: uh, uh, When they finally called me out, and I went out on stage and did my... My little monologue, um, it's kind of a southern accent, talking about angry lupos ripping at my flesh. It, uh, it was called Vieux Carre, or some section of New Orleans. Anyway, um, almost from the moment I started, it, uh, I, yeah, I, I just misstepped. And, you know, uh, not, nothing was going like I wanted it to go, and finally I heard this very faint voice say, Thank you.
1: <laughs>
2: and I left dejected and and awful, and I went home, and my agent never followed up on my (laughs) auditions, and Rhonda called to say, hey, I know how much that meant to you. How did it go? I said, it went awful, Rhonda. I'm awful. You should get rid of me as a client. It was terrible. She said, well, don't forget you have that All My Children uh, 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 um, audition later today, and I swear, Stephanie, I thought, oh... (laughs) <laughs> oh no! Oh, I gotta go to that. <laughs> that turned into ten years of work. Turned into thirty-nine years of work in daytime television.
0: That's incredible. Do you remember that audition? Who did, who did I you? I remember
2: it very well. Who was there? I was, I, I was auditioning uh, uh, to to uh, play Chuck. Oh. Uh, no, yeah, Chuck, Chuck, yes, and uh, and uh, and the girl I was auditioning with was there to play to to audition for Betsy, a nurse uh, that was uh, new, and and they explained as I kind of went through the process that it wasn't actually Chuck I was auditioning for, that they had this role of Cliff in mind.
1: as it always I, I, does.
2: My, my snobbishness really kind of abated a, a good bit. Anyway, they, they literally hired me and asked me not to work for the next four weeks. They paid me not to work. Wow. While they went and found <laughs> Nina and Palmer. That's incredible. And I, and, and I took a trip out to California and saw my Three times, <laughs> uh, So I was uh, obviously kind of taken with her, uh, um, so I, I need to make sure she, I knew when she knew <laughs> I was married, and, uh, and the amazing James Mitchell, who, who in many ways transformed my life.
0: I'd love to hear you speak about your relationship with James. That uh, was such an amazing and kind of unique aspect of the love story of Cliff and Nina was, you know, Palmer as very much the uh, dangerous third wheel.
2: Yeah, he he was, he was, he he, he just did not like Cliff Warner. He didn't have good feelings, but he just didn't like him to his core. And uh, it made us, you know, marvelous rivals in that time. But but during that time, this is James Mitchell, who was a legend in the, the Came in, he knew his stuff inside out. So I realized, yeah, that's what we should be doing. Know your stuff inside out. There were plenty of people there that were learning their lines at the last minute, but I was working around James Mitchell and I didn't want him to ever see me phoning it in.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he was just a, a, the loveliest man. Barely a birthday happened in our house, mine or my wife's or my children's, that we didn't hear from that's he was so that so yeah lovely lovely man a quick james a quick james mitchell story Yeah. we used to tape the, the scenes where they would kind of flow into another scene they didn't have to do any post production because the, uh, there would be three cameras We started the scene. (laughs) That's amazing. uh, Yeah, that's classic, James. Uh, I did not. I did not have a place for terrified. Oh my god.
1: Um, At what point did it become clear to you that Cliff was taking off and becoming a popular character on the show?
2: You know, I, I, I have to be honest, I, I was so unaware of so much. Looking back, we were riding the crest of the daytime wave. It was as big as soap operas ever were. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I assumed, you know, everybody who'd ever worked in daytime television had experienced what we were experiencing. We were showing up at malls and, you know, they put out very little information and 3,000 people show up. And I thought, oh, oh, so this is what it's like to work in daytime.
1: <laughs> right. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, and, it ne- and, and, and it never kind of occurred to me that, that, that I'd kind of broken into some kind of special world um, at just the right time when everyone was finally saying, oh, I've been working, watching soap operas for a long time. When kids in college uh, were scheduling their classes around daytime television, when, you know, it was just a fantastical time. It was. Uh, I was. I was. Uh, I was going to go to my my tenth uh, high school reunion, and one week before, I was on the cover of People magazine. Wow! I thought, Wow, this is crazy. This is crazy. Um, but when the audience bought us, neither Taylor or I ever had any sense that oh, we're, this is working. This is working. We were just trying to keep our jobs and make it all. You know, and keep the directors happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe soaps in the '80s that you were riding that crest? What was it like then, especially as compared to now?
2: Well, it was it was just a phenomenon. It, um, everywhere you went, you were recognized. Um, it was it was the stuff of you know everyday culture. People were talking about Luke and Laura on. You know, and, uh, it seemed like on Meet the Press almost. It, mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. You know, it was so much a part of our culture. Um, uh, uh, Elizabeth Taylor is going on, uh, uh, General Hospital. Uh, Carol Burnett can't get enough of us when we're, when we're in Los Angeles. She wants to invite us to our, her house and then comes and works on our show. And uh, it was just a crazy time. It was such fun. Did you ever was, go to her it, house? Oh yeah, yeah, more than wow. once. Wow, more than once, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was a, uh, just a terrific thing. And, and, and the first time I ever went there, we were out here to uh, to play the family feud. We, you know, a, a handful of us from uh, all my children came out to embarrass ourselves. Or, well, actually, they did better than I did. I, I, I was not very good at the game show. But, really. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I'm too self conscious. Um, anyway, uh uh when we were out, she invited us to her house and when we pulled up the driveway, this long, long gated driveway, um she and uh Vicky Lawrence and some others were standing in her driveway wearing all my children t shirts <laughs> to to greet us. <laughs> That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was Gosh. crazy.
0: It was it was an amazing So The first
2: the first uh uh, uh year, I, well, no, this is now leaving all my children, but the, the first year I won uh, the Emmy. Um, it was the number one show on television that week. All week.
1: Wow.
0: That's crazy. Yeah,
2: I, I The next day in New York City, I mean, I just getting on a bus, uh, 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 people were saying, hey, congratulations. Hey, it was great last night. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Walking on God. a New York City bus?
0: That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. It was a weird, it was a wild, uh, wild ride.
0: Peter, as a side note, I've just, uh, searched for and located your cover of people magazine looking very fresh faced and handsome in your scrubs.
2: It, 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 it was, it was such a, a weird thing.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> Josh Taylor. Yeah, Josh Taylor. Yeah. Uh, hit it off great. And we went out and got very drunk that night. <laughs> great, great fun. Yeah. He took me all over uh, Los Angeles. Showed you the hot it spots. Really, really <laughs> it was really fun.
0: Now, another sort of claim to fame that you had around the same time is the infamous commercial where you uttered the lines, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV.
2: It was the craziest audition I ever had. Um, the only people there were people who played doctors on daytime television.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> so,
2: yeah, it's absolutely true. So, so, um, uh, so uh, uh, Michael Storm is there uh-huh. with me. Oh, from Ryan's Hope. Oh, crap! I liked him so much too. Anyway, there were all these guys that did played doctors on on television, and uh, and I got this thing and. It abused the airwaves for three years. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not exaggerating when I say, and I'd love to tell you I put it all in one fund and this is what it did, <laughs> but it basically paid for my kids' college education, one, one day of work. Wow. For both of my kids' college educations.
1: Who could have imagined from that one day of work? It right? was nuts.
2: I'm working. On, I'm working on all my children. I have a regular salary there, and you would get these kind of surprise checks in the mail, and uh, because you know there was no kind of schedule to it all. And with commercials, they send you the check, and with it, it shows air dates. So it would say, you know. Uh, Eleven one, eleven two, eleven six, and you know the days that it aired, and I would get these checks, nice checks, uh, and it would say eleven one, eleven one, eleven one, eleven one, eleven one, eleven one, eleven two, eleven two, eleven two. Oh my god! It it just, it just it was during flu season and cold season, it just aired all day long.
1: Well, so if you and- got recognized the day after you won the Emmy, what was it like after this commercial was airing so much?
2: Well the 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 uh the uh the the, the only thing uh, I'm not sure I'm answering your question the only thing I remember uh, being kind of weird about it all was it it too became part of the American zeitgeist you know it was one of those uh uh, uh, where's the beef? Kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, commercials where comedians were making lots of jokes, and I was si- I was sitting next to my pregnant wife one night when uh, uh, somebody Jay Leno somebody was saying was saying um, saying oh and these commercials were these you know I'm Martha Ray denture wearer <laughs> or the other one the uh, I'm not a doctor but I play one on TV. I've seen you play a doctor on TV. You're not very good at that either. Oh my you God! Know, and and ouch! Ouch! Yeah. Yeah, I was covering my my wife's stomach so the baby didn't. Of course,
1: good. And he didn't watch if that's what he said. Come on now.
2: <laughs> so so there
1: you were then at the highest highs of you know being on this successful show and having just all this fame that came along with it. How did you feel when ultimately then Cliff was written out?
2: It was uh, uh, one of the more devastating things that ever happened to me, and and I'm ashamed of that. I'm I'm kind of embarrassed by that. What you're an actor, your job's end. What is this? I had so embraced the whole thing. I had become so much a member of that company uh, in terms of my social life, my my whole life was, was built into being on all my children. That's probably a mistake, you know? Uh, um, but I, I just, I had become such a company member there that it just hammered me. My wife was, uh, was, uh, seven months pregnant with our second kid. Uh, we had just bought the apartment next door to us and joined it to our apartment. Um, wow. there was the timing of it was absolutely horrid and uh, and there was as it happens with every job for everyone not just actors um, that feeling that they're going on without me and uh, I recovered from it about three years later Wow here's 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 my uh, the story uh, I like to tell this will kind of uh, 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 help you understand just how powerful it was um the job comes to an end uh my last day on all my children I, I found out it was coming to an end a couple months earlier. My last day uh, of all my children, they pull out a cake and they say nice words and everything and I get a little teary. My wife is there, round as can be with a big baby. And uh, and we uh, go out and uh, go home after the cake, Mary Ellen and I, to pack my bags for Los Angeles where I'm auditioning to replace a character on a show I that time i knew a lot of the soap operas but this one was always opposite all my children Used to be in the back, and I wept like a baby.
1: Oh, that's the sweetest story. It, 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 it
2: was—it was like I needed someone to say, "Peter, she's move on. You've got two Emmys now from the other show. Move on." So, anyway, I—I I went to breakfast just kind of fragile, and and after breakfast was going to go meet with James Mitchell, and went over to his place, and uh, hung out with him, and had uh, had lunch, and, and y- yacked it up, and then went back to my hotel room, and my wife, who had gone to, to Mary Ellen had gone uh, over to see a friend of hers on the east side uh, after breakfast, and uh, when I got to my hotel room, there was a brick sitting there.
1: Oh
2: that sits in my dressing room right now i'm looking at it
1: oh my god
0: peter you're like it's destroying us emotionally <laughs> right now
2: it's crazy that's how long i held on to it so your question you know so the all my children thing came to an end how did that go it was devastating i got over it 3 years later wow
1: yeah. i mean it's it's hard to even imagine because you know, you are irrefutably one of the most successful recasts in daytime history, and
2: it worked out. I'm so glad.
1: I mean, really, for so to come from that, you know, devastation to really be where you are now, and then to have been so successful right out of the gate is such I a testament have, to you. I
2: literally have that brick in my dressing room to remind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, were yeah, you? trepidatious in the beginning about playing jack
2: oh it's very trepidatious for starters none of the replacements worked on all my children none of them we had a bunch of replacements in my 10 years there and it just never worked out um so so i was uh, i i was you know trepidatious about that i was trepidatious about moving to california i'm a real i was a real new york snob and and i had lived out here for a little while and didn't like it and i thought oh man so so everything you don't want to do you don't want to replace someone on a soap opera you're not sure you want to do another soap opera you just left one and you don't want to move to california and so i was doing all three with a, with a brand new baby and uh, and all of that attendant madness and i came out here And you kind of assume, well, you've been doing duty time television for for 10 years. It's just, you know, you just go do it in another building. It could not have been more different. Where I had been was so much more of a a kind of a family of actors all kind of looking out for each other. And I got here and all I could see was people kind of locked in their dressing rooms. And and there was uh, at the very top of the food chain, people who were... Really dismissive about the work and didn't, you know, care about it or what. I actually didn't care about it's it the wrong thing. They just, you know, preparation wasn't a big deal and there were cue cards here and I thought, God, this is weird. This is like nothing I've ever done before and I've been an actor for a while. And, you know, part of the story, as as I lay it out for you now, is me not ready to let go of something else and making this an unpleasant place in order to, to feel sad about <laughs> what I'd left. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there, was, there was probably plenty of uh, uh, camaraderie and, and company spirit here, and I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So it was very lonely work early on. I would come back to my dressing room and think, wow, how long are the prop guys going to know more about Jack Abbott than I do? I mean, they were uh, yeah, you know, I get that. every everybody here had a real clear idea of who Jack Abbott was <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure it out myself um, so so it was it was it was daunting it was pretty daunting uh, uh, coming here and uh, and there were uh, actors who, who liked Terry Lester and missed him and weren't sure they got this or uh, you know it, but yeah I, it, it took a while it took a while for it to feel
1: is there a moment or a storyline that you feel kind of solidified you as Jack for you or for the audience or for your castmates or for anyone like any defining was moment? Was there
2: a moment? I think there was. Well, here's 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 a longer story. Um, I I probably held that attitude for too long, and one day my wife said to me, who my wife is much smarter than I am. Um, said to me, um, Peter, why don't you quit this job? I said, what? She said, I, just, I, I don't want your kids to hear you speak ill of the work anymore and the, and the, the people don't learn their lines and the, and the, you know, say, all the negative stuff. If you're unhappy, let's, we'll give some things up and you go get another job or turn this around. Uh, probably, probably the five-year mark. So I decided I have to try to turn this around. So I invited um, uh, all of these, uh, uh, the Abbots generally, um, uh, to a dinner here uh, that Marilyn and I uh, hosted. And, uh, and I went to Tiffany and got uh, a bunch of crystal, uh, uh, clear Crystal Glass, uh, the letter, letter A, the capital letter A for the Abbots, and, uh, and uh, uh, Veronica Red Forest was there uh, with her husband, and, and uh, Brenda Epperson was there with her husband, and uh, uh, Beth Maitland was there with hers. Jerry Douglas and Kim were there, and uh, Jess Walton and her husband John were there. and um, And at that dinner... They all started talking. I, I toasted them all, and they all started talking about me as such a critical member of the company that I was just shocked. I was, <laughs> I was, I was shocked. I thought, boy, I, I've been standing outside this thing for a really long time, and they all thought I had been, you know, deeply involved with all of them. And, and uh, yeah, it really was. It was. It was humbling. It was. Oh, Peter, you 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 keep missing stuff. You keep. Missing the signals, and, and and I think that night I really felt like I was really part of the company.
1: I mean, I wish you, I wish we had a camera looking at us. I'm just grinning listening to these stories. They're they're really so incredible.
2: Yeah, I I really have had. A remarkable life in daytime television. So it's it's you know I'm, I'm happy to do these these podcasts and talk about this stuff because I have had all of these lessons and a lot of them are you know wake up Peter <laughs>
1: lessons,
2: you know uh, as I've shared with you. But they're um, but they're valuable life lessons. Don't don't let life go by. Get engaged. Get involved. Reach out. Make contact. I had a life that taught me that.
0: Peter, I'm interested, too, uh, you know, talking about you going from All My Children to Young and the Restless and the eras in in which you were at each show. You had contact with these two amazing icons uh, creatively behind the scenes of the genre, Agnes Nixon at All My Children and Bill Bell at the Young and the Restless.
2: Unbelievable. Isn't that – isn't that – both Erna Phelps kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: What are your memories yep, well, of the two of them?
2: So, so the, that that transition was 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 fantastic and shaped shaped me to this day in in, in this way. In this way, um, uh, Agnes Nixon could not have been sweeter, kinder, uh, uh, more just this sweet little woman. That came by the studio or came to Christmas parties and things like that. Uh, so the powerhouse uh, Agnes Nixon uh, image was really hard to, to grasp with with you know the, what the, the visual uh, gave out. It turns out she was a, a tremendous powerhouse. But the one thing that was made clear to me by any and everyone who uh, who thought about it, she did not want to hear from actors about their characters. She didn't want. Any input from any of us. She wanted to write the write the show, so I never even thought for a moment of doing that. Uh, fast forward, I'm now ten years later working for Bill Bell, the other you know, you know monstrous uh, talent in daytime television, and the same was true for him. He did not need need or want any input from actors. So Bill passes, and it's time for the next you know group of head writers to come in and it was a, a shakespearean uh, uh effort to grab the scepter after bill stepped aside and we went through a number of writers and each of them was eager to hear from actors uh, some of them there was a veritable revolving door up there of actors coming in pitching ideas and this is what we could do with my character And to this day i cannot do it I can't – I, I literally – I get a little sweaty when Mal wants to talk to me about my character.
1: Mhm. That's oh, really interesting. It doesn't
2: feel right. <laughs> it, it, uh, I, I just get a little creeped out by it because of my early training.
0: It's so interesting because, as you mentioned, uh, both of these phenomenal uh, creative forces were trained by Erna Phillips who forget, you know, taking – pitches from actors she wouldn't even call actors by their real names she only would refer to them by their characters yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I, and i I think, I think the same is, is true I, I i think both agnes and bill learned to to do it otherwise but i think left to their own devices or behind closed doors they only called us by our name, by our character names so i i'm i'm convinced of that
0: <laughs> it's amazing
2: but yeah i got to i got to i got to work with two of the legends the absolute legends and Bill Bell, when I first started my job, he said to me, my, one of my favorite things a writer has ever said to me, he said, uh, here's the deal, and you have to trust me on this, Peter. The secret to replacing someone is giving the replacement story so good that the audience doesn't care who's playing it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting.
2: <laughs> to this day, I think it's a pretty good axiom. I think it's a a, a pretty good plan.
0: Yeah, and he went ahead and wrote you two years' worth of uh, uh, Emmy-meriting storyline right out of the gate.
2: Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: So in the the same vein, um, you mentioned sort of right at the top of us talking about the Abbots that there are things that you see in a script, and you're like, oh, that's maybe not going to work or however you said it. Are you the kind of actor that would ever push back and say, I wouldn't do that or my character wouldn't do that?
2: No, no, I don't do that. I just don't I just don't do that. Now now I have had lines I'll give you an example. Um uh, one of the writers and this is not one of the head writers, one of the dialogue writers, uh wrote a scene literally for me today where I'm sitting with Billy and talking in kind of a glib manner about well, yeah, I mean but you know, you and Phyllis did that to me, you know, and blah 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 and ha, ha, ha and and I just I, I called up right away to say could we just cut a couple of these lines that I, I think this is the most painful thing that ever happened to Jack and I'm not sure he's ever going to be glib about it. Mm-hmm. And they were very accepting of that idea well, because again this was you know one writer's idea and I could probably talk that writer into understanding you know my my perspective on it but it isn't me saying I won't play this. I ask for two sentences to be removed, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that that I will I will do. But that's not sitting with the head writer and, and saying, this is who Jack Abbott is. Right,
0: right,
1: which is very different from, let's say, other people we've heard from. Yeah, I tell you, we got a lot of them. Winners, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, and, and
2: frankly, I, I can't blame them. Many writers would love to hear from them. Come with ideas. I, I'm, I'm happy to have new ideas. You know, give me, you know, if I don't use your idea, it will trigger another idea, I've been told. But uh, you, ugh, ugh, I can't do it. You just it.
0: can't do it. Now, have there been things that you've privately winced to yourself about having to do? <laughs> that, sure, sure.
2: You know, there was there was a whole storyline that I thought, this makes no <laughs> sense. It, and I can tell you what storyline it was. It was the Lawn storyline. Jack, uh, uh, it turns out, Mm -hmm. served in Vietnam. It wasn't a heroic uh, 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 memory for him. In fact, he kind of hid out for a lot of uh, the war with this woman he fell madly in love with and who it turns out he had a child with. Um, But he runs into her one day uh, here in the States and, and, of all places, Genoa City, and uh, falls for her all over again. And in order for it to work, Jack Abbott, as we knew him, was, was a cad and pretty merciless and, uh, and uh, a real manipulator. Suddenly, uh, I'm, I'm pushing buttons with Brad and cutting his legs off at work and, and uh, rubbing Jill's nose and her mistakes and, and manipulating this one and that one and going home. And being the sweetest, <laughs> caring person. Oh my God, Stephanie, it was just. Oh, it was painful. It was just painful for me. Um, and I did two years of that. Two years of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I Earned your name money. This, but I could name uh, uh, other. Earned your money. That's right. That's not my job. My, it's not my job to write. It's my job to make this script work. And, and, you know, I really do take that seriously. You know, people say, say, you know, after you've been there for that long, do you really care? Do I care? If if I walk in my dressing room, they always deliver them to my dressing room. I walk in my dressing room and there's one or two or four uh, new scripts there. The world stops till I read them. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to find out what happens next. I really can't wait. That
1: huh? says a lot. Oh. Absolutely. That's awesome. So – now as you look back um on our discussion and everything we've kind of gone through today you know what does it mean to you that as you said like 39 years later in this here you are still front burner still you know an icon of daytime and of young and the restless and could you ever have imagined this is where your career would go and your path would go and where you'd be today
2: i never imagined got, um, shows him these magazines. I guess everyone was kind of surprised that my job and all my children had ended. And she points to this picture of me as they'd already been auditioning Terry Terry Lester's replacement. They'd taped seven auditions. And she said, that's Jack Abbott. And they called me. And that turned into, um, I have been far and away the luckiest actor I know in this entire medium, and I've known that for probably 15 years. I've known that, you know, to to the core of me. So to say that I am grateful is just a giant understatement. I am dumbstruck at how well this has all gone. I meet people all the time who have birthdays and think, oh, darn, by the time I was this age, I was kind of hoping I, you know, this or that. I, I am. My life has always been so far ahead of my expectations. I'm almost embarrassed by it. it. It it almost sounds like I I didn't aim high enough. But 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 my life has been full of positive things. This terrible thing happens. My job ends. At all my children, and something even better happens, is extraordinary. So so uh, I I've learned. I've learned a lot in that. The last thing that I've learned and the best thing that I've learned, because of this job, in in no way, it's not something that I earned. It's something that was given to me, a gift that was given to me. And I realized this many years ago. Um, I can make someone's day nicer by taking two minutes to say, oh, where are you from? Uh Uh-huh. So if your grandma's still alive, <laughs> those yeah. kind of things, that little effort, I can make someone's day. I've been given this incredible gift, and, and if I didn't use it, I would be – I think there's something criminal about that. And it's been just a giant gift in my life. You should, you should see what my life is like uh, when I meet strangers all the time all the time to say i i used to watch this with my grandmother i'd sit there with her and we'd talk about characters and i learned about people and char- oh my gosh it's so humbling because i took the time to ask a couple of questions
1: mhm and yeah, the impact is it, so great
2: yeah it's a great thing it's a great thing and i get and i get to meet and i get to meet people like you guys who have always been so you know smart and brought this sharp perspective to what I think has be, become a more and more sophisticated you know kind of show writing wise it, it' it's it's gone from from uh, uh, something that was that was pretty elemental to to some more complex stuff, and all along there were people like you who looked at it in a complex way, who looked at it as as something more than just you know pablum for the masses. Oh no no, the the good stuff on this is really good, and uh, and I'm grateful for that too.
1: Oh. well You're thank so you kind. so much appreciate that and of course we appreciate you being here just all the cooperation we've gotten from you over the many years yeah and I really feel like we just scratched the surface we could go on all day but
2: I, I, I could do this with you for a long time <laughs> uh, I, I, I've known you for a long time so it'd be easy to do but I'm really grateful for the time I did have with you today
0: thank well, you well, let's ditto. call this one part one part one we'll, we'll, we'll do a part we definitely two definitely need a follow-up All right. Well, have a great day. We'll do part two
2: someday. Thank you. You take care, Peter. Perfect. Take care. Bye bye. Okay.
0: Bye.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Peter Bergman for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.